Welcome to an all-new episode of GVN Review. Uh, this week, we'll be breaking down episode five of The Boys, titled We Gotta Go Now. Um, I'm your host, Jawan, and as always, join with the amazing Tia. What's going on, Tia? Hello, 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 everyone. Hope everyone's having a fantastic day, night, morning, whenever you're deciding to listen to this. Absolutely. A huge shout out to Martin, Tia, and Dom. Hollywood is running out of people for the three of them to interview. Um, so they're going to have to reshuffle the deck, add more people to Hollywood. So the three of them can uh, have some more people. But um, huge shouts out to the three of them. Killing it in the interview game right now. Um, but all right, like I said, this is about episode five of The Boys. And man, Tia, was this a jam-packed episode. Um, barely could catch my breath for three seconds in this episode. Um, all right. So let's start off with, obviously, we see how the episode started. Um, them shooting what looks to be maybe one of the corniest movies ever created in, in the history of movies. Oh, um, you mean, um, Batman versus Superman? Okay. All right. So clearly we don't have Tia. We lost Tia. Um, <laughs> One day, Tia, you will respect that movie for just being a okay movie. It's okay to say it's okay. I gave you that for Suicide Squad. I said it was okay. If it's oh, if it was an okay movie, then I would admit it's an okay movie. Oh but you know what? I still respect that you like it. I just had to take that jab because I saw other people online saying that the thing that they were clearly trying to poke fun of was Batman versus Superman, as well as uh, jo- as it's called on the internet, Justice League. Yeah, I. Every time you guys say stuff like this, it reminds me why. I love that I'm usually never on the internet. Um, it's just, it constantly reminds me how, how upsetting I, I, I would be if I were on Twitter um, as much as I would like to be. Just seeing stuff like that would make me just possibly lose my mind. Stop hating on BVS people. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, I, I, I ask you this to you because this was the, the first thing that jumped in my mind seeing the first five to eight minutes of this episode. How much more will Queen Maeve take um, before she begins to strike back at Homelander? She's taking a lot of stuff on the chin. Um, When do you think her breaking point will be? I mean, I guess, I don't even want to say that because I don't want to step on what your answer will be. So I'll just let you go first. How much more do you think she will take before she just explodes on Homelander? Oh, I think that this episode was her showing that she's not going to take any more. I mean, we'll obviously get to it a little later, but her final scene of the episode, I think, was laying the groundwork of her not taking any more from Homelander. I mean, you know, it's, first of all, it's so, uh, we talk about all the time how in 2020, with the corporations pretty much running everything, that superheroes probably it this this is very realistic right yeah. you know this is probably how superheroes would be marketed in, across the world um but the fact that you have people who can literally kill you within a with like snapping their fingers doing terrible ass movies is just mind-boggling to me i mean if they really wanted to these people could just kill every single one of the people who are forcing them to be involved in these really terrible projects these really horrible narratives and i mean 
you know, the boys does this thing where it makes people uncomfortable, but for like good reasons, right? There are scenes that you should be uncomfortable watching. And I was just so uncomfortable with how much they were using Maeve's sexuality um, as this just cheesy PR stunt that was just, I'm sorry, it was just offensive, right? And of course, that's all facilitated by Homelander because he outed her literally on national television because he's all ups- and it 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 boggles my mind again that like Homelander they broke up. Homelander has clearly moved on. I mean, he was making doppelganger uh, be the woman that he killed in season one, but yet Maeve can't move on in her life. Yeah, it goes to show you how toxic uh, men are, honestly. Um, I've seen plenty of situations where it was like the guy broke up with the with the girl, right? And she's trying to move on. And then, like, the guy comes back and it's like, no, I love you again. Like, I know I cheated on you and made your life, like, miserable, but, like, be with me again. And there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of women that are like, okay. And I'm like, this kind of shines a light on, like, how toxic some relationships are. Um, and maybe I'm looking too deep into it, but this is definitely one of those more toxic relationships where it's like, I clearly don't really like you anymore. Definitely not love. Um, I think you could even make the argument she never really loved them. Um, she looks to have, she looks as if she, her life is ruled by fear. Um, which is the, something that always, like, intrigued me Tia because when you look at Wonder Woman and Superman right Mm -hmm. you go Wonder Woman's not as strong as Superman but she could put his head in the dirt whenever she wanted to right um I kind of and again I've never read the comics so you know anyone listening that's like oh would you want if you're I've never read the comics let me just put that out there but watching how how much stronger Homeland is than everybody maybe minus uh Stormfront um, it's just like, it's mind boggling. Cause it just, it, it makes you go, well, that's why no one wants to speak out against them or go, you know, go against them. There's no one strong enough to actually do anything. So I look at queen Maeve and I'm like, she could give him the business, but like at the end of the day, he is the boy's version of Superman. And we know Superman in DC, there's maybe 2% of heroes that can stop Superman. Um, and we know Wonder Woman and Batman ain't one of them. Well, um, go ahead. And my thing is, is that first I wanted to comment on you saying that Maeve probably never loved Homelander. I am very much, and I haven't read the comics either, so I don't know if that's something that they explored in the comics, but I am very much convinced that their relationship was a complete PR stunt. They are the two, you know, strong, strongest members of the seven at the time, you know, in the comics, as you said, it's Superman and Wonder Woman. So they're the boys version of that. They probably thought it would look great to have Homelander and Queen Maeve together. And either they decide to do a breakup, the PR people or Homelander did break up with Queen Maeve, but he's still possessive. I think 
if Homelander didn't have the ability to laser people in half and fly, I think he and Queen Maeve would maybe be a little more on an even level. But I think what puts him at the advantage against her is the fact that he can laser her in half and also fly. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's the same argument. I mean, I, again, I don't know much about Homelander, but I know reading Superman comics religiously, um, especially in the movies, Superman would have like a new power, like every movie. And it was like, wait a minute, he couldn't do that before. Like, why can he do that now? And it's like, well, it's Superman. We try our best to make him as powerful as possible. So you just kind of look at Homelander and you're like, for me and you, it's it's like we're working from a stance of you know not having much knowledge about the character so as far as we know Tia um that's all the power he's you know he possesses but you know maybe it's not maybe he possesses a whole lot more power that we just haven't seen him utilize yet um but that's one of my biggest issues about the boys if and when this gets renewed for a season three it can't be the boys versus seven uh um I do have to interrupt you, Joan. Yeah, go ahead. The Boys has been renewed for a season three. Oh, that's uh, great. It was I renewed prior to uh, season. I just wanted anyone who was listening to know that. I'm sorry, Joan. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm glad you said that. I completely forgot. I was blanking on that. Um, but I definitely want them to utilize other countries that yes. have um, heroes or, you know, villains, whatever. Utilize them more because I want to see somebody push um homelander to the brink i want to see somebody push stormfront to the brink i want to see you know queen may i want to see these people actually have to use their abilities against somebody that's not easy to just snap in half um so that's definitely what i hope is the trend for the next season because i can't do another all right well it's clearly just regular human beings that could die very easily versus these all-powerful gods how much longer can we look at this and go no it makes sense that these humans keep surviving this like at some point you kind of go you got to switch it up i Um, think that the boys is going to become kind of like roll with me here it might not fully become like that okay remember in um you've seen dragon ball z right but have you ever watched dragon ball the prequel Mm mm-hmm Okay, so it's like in Dragon Ball, you know, most of the people who were our heroes were regular ass humans. And then slowly as that series went on in Dragon Ball Z, they slowly started pushing the humans out of the way because they're like, we have aliens and shit that are so powerful that like, how do you guys even stand a chance and compete in this? So I feel that the boys is with obviously queen mave looking like she's had enough of homelander it's going to become one of those things where slowly more soups are going to rise up against say the homelanders and the stone fronts of this world and i really feel like the boys are going to become more so of like the foot soldiers or the commentary where the people who are fighting the real battles are soups versus soups no, I, I'm completely with you. Um, Dragon Ball Z, I, I do have to give them credit, even though um, I think they invented um, filler episodes. Um, they definitely got out of the idea of like, all right, there's a lot of humans, but none of them can really fight anybody. 
Um, so we're just gonna focus on the ones that can, and we're just gonna stick with that. And it's still going to this day. So they did a very good job adapting and fixing that quickly. Um, you know, because it's like, all right, Goku's an alien. He's fighting aliens. Let's stick with that. Um, but all right, let's move on. I definitely wanted to ask you, uh, and we kind of got into it a little bit at the beginning, but how annoyingly cheesy is this stupid movie that they're filming for the seven? Oh, it's so bad because isn't it, um, <laughs> first of all, okay. The movie is first of all, to really push the, you know, narrative of Maeve, you know, being gay, which I have to comment that I love in that scene between Elena and Maeve where, you know, the PR people are pushing the whole thing where Elena's like, you know, she's bi, right? And the like PR lady was like, oh no, but it, you know, saying that she's a lesbian is so much more cut and dry. And it's like, that is something that I so see like in the media where, I, and I don't want to get like too much into that or anything like that, but I just appreciate that they had that line in there. Anyway, um, so obviously this movie was there just to be like, look, Maeve is gay now. And then the movie was there to be like, and we're retiring A-Train. Like, it, it was just, it's an, all like a publicity stunt and it's crazy. But yes, I'm sorry. It was so cheesy. But you know what is the genius of the boys is that only I feel like a good writer could have a brilliant show, but also produce something that that's, is that cheesy. Yeah, and it, it, it's crazy because um, that movie is what our society has become to where instead of, like, that's what a lot of people are saying. And a lot of times, uh, you know, these idiot fanboys tend to be um, overly sensitive to things that, you know, they just shouldn't be sensitive to. But there are a lot of times where things are overly, like you're trying too hard to get a message across when it should just flow. Mm -hmm. Like the idea of her being gay, it's what I've always said. The reason why when you make that such a focus, it makes me uncomfortable is because think about when you see a movie of a guy that is trying to fall in love with a girl. How normal is that to society, right? Like we don't mm -hmm. even think twice about it. Like no one goes, oh. <gasps> wait, is this a movie about a guy falling in love with a girl? What? It's just normalized. Like, no one thinks twice about it. I want same-sex uh, couples to be so normalized that it's not a big deal when it, when it comes on screen. So it doesn't seem like you're, you're forcing an issue or you're trying to do too much. Just let it be natural. Like, have, it, have the message clear within the story, but don't push it so much that you have a lot of people like, all right, I, I, I get it. So just looking at that reminded me of like how I view today to where it's just like, if you have like a first gay superhero or whatever, just put them in the movie, have it be that she's like, oh, you know, this is my girlfriend and just have it normal. Like when you try to make like a whole parade and everything about it, um, it, it kind of makes it seem like, you know, you're using that as like a ploy to sell it. Um, well, even like, I was thinking about even the, okay, so even, first of all, no one in that scene where she just, like, rescues this woman has this, like, and their city was, a their city was attacked, like, takes a beat to, like, have this long-winded, like, 
emotional speech but even so even if you want her to be like you're the brave one you live your life bravely we would have gotten it right and then like that's it end scene but then it's like to really drive home where she's like i'm gay and you could tell queen mave was so uncomfortable saying that because it's a circus to her and this is what she was trying to avoid all these years Right. No, you're 100% correct. And that's why I said that's what bothers me. Um, just like, and I won't even use, I won't even use that so people don't think like, you know, I'm being homophobic or whatever. I'll even say if you're changing a race of a character for a movie, like from black to white or white to black or white to Asian, whatever, um, you don't really have to make that big of a deal about it only because we get the importance of it. You know, like if you redid Godfather and, and he was now black, you don't have to make a circus out of it. We get how important that is. Like we get it right off of your casting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, just like even making Jeffrey write Jim Gordon. Right. Like, okay, yeah, that's great. Like we get it, you know? And the, to me, like you don't need to make a whole circus about it because yeah. that to me diminishes the actual importance of it. Right, because now it feels like you did it just to grab headlines mm -hmm. rather than just doing it because you went after the best actor and the actor just happened to be black. Um, you know, and, you know, I appreciate it if that's the mentality, but when you start to make a circus out of it, it's like, it's taking away from all the good that it's supposed to be doing. Just let it be natural. You right. know, when black Panther came out in 99.9% .9 of that movie was black. We understood that. Like you didn't have to make, you know, and I'm not saying that they did, but you didn't need a circus around that. We understand it. We see that and we go, that's history. You know, let us do the talking for you. Um, you don't have to do all this extra stuff. But yeah, no, this movie looks super cheesy and we see a lot more of this movie throughout the episode. Um, but nothing else really out, outside of we'll get to A-Train uh, of significance came from this. The rest was just like, it's a ploy. And I would love to, I would love them to do an episode from the everyday man's point of view. Um, from from this show like i'd like to see someone that sees that movie and see what like their response is like like walking like, like walking out of the theater and going right Man, that was terrible or you'll exactly. have a bunch, or you'll have a bunch of people going you know i bet you the director's cut is better <laughs> yes that would be hilarious i'm glad you said that that would be hilarious like i heard the director's cut was so much better um but yeah now this looks like cheesy propaganda horrible yeah you should stop this like right now um their pr department has to be like non-existent um but, all right let's let's move on that was yeah that was wow well, okay one more thing i'm so sorry but uh, like, not good the guy who they have writing everything and the guy who directs everything like <laughs> i as much as I hate Stormfront, I loved what she said about him, like, what, two episodes back, where she was like, I get it, a lifetime of, like, you know, pleasuring yourself for, to Transformers porn hasn't made you very good with the ladies, and it's like, yeah, he, that guy looks like it. So he looks like the guy who thinks that that type of movie is a good movie. Yeah, no, 100%. He also seems like the kind of guy that understands, even if it's not, you need to create something that sells. Mm -hmm. um and everything he's doing is something that and even in today's world would sell um oh. so ugh, the world we live into yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> it just kind of makes you go wow you, you know w whenever you look at a movie you kind of want to go 
Oh, that's just a movie. Like, that wouldn't happen in real life. I feel like too much of 2020 is like, no, I can see that happening. I get 100 Yeah, after 2020, it's totally feasible. Yeah, 100%. All right, let's move on to my girl, Kimiko. Um, She's spiraling out of control, Tia, ripping faces off of heads. I was, again, another scene of the boys I was just not prepared for. I was like, I thought she was going to, like, snap his neck. When she ripped the the skin off, I'm like, oh, Lord. (laughs) Like, this show is a little excessive. Um... But she's obviously spiraling um, out of control. How long do you think before she goes too far? And what I mean by that is um, an innocent gets hurt because of her. Um, And my second question is, uh, do you think we'll ever either hear her talk or do you think by the end of the season she'll have taught Frenchie her style of sign language so that, you know, she can communicate with somebody uh, and not have to grab a pen every time she's trying to say something? Well, first, I want to actually answer your second question. I hope that she doesn't speak, honestly. I think that that's the beauty of her character is the fact that she we get all of these emotions from her character. We get the turmoil that she's in without her even saying anything and that scene in the church with her using her sign language to frenchy and him just so distraught and saying i don't know what you're saying because you won't teach me like frenchy is so willing to learn like frenchy wants to learn like to me the more powerful thing is um you know frenchy learning the sign language and being able to communicate with her that way the only time i would have like liked for Kamiko to say something is maybe after having witnessed her brother's death like finally saying like no or something like that I know that sounds a little cheesy in on itself but maybe something that that was that heartbreaking to finally bring the voice out of her um and by the way the scene with her ripping off the face I was so not prepared for that I too thought that she was just going to snap his neck and as soon as I started seeing it like the skin peeling I was like oh god no and I had to like turn away um it was just so gruesome I don't know how like the boys gets away with it sometimes but um I think that her accidentally killing an innocent person is really going to break her really going to make her feel bad and that is going to be what stops her um i think that she's going to take a long hard look in the mirror and kind of think to herself like oh i'm the monster that frenchie said i was becoming because i think that's what frenchie says at the end of that where he's like go be the monster you know um and if kamiko continues that puts her in the line of sight of butcher and if Frenchie is no longer on her side and no longer wanting to protect her, then, you know, Butcher will put his mind to it. Will he succeed? I don't know. Because Kamiko, like, Kamiko is really powerful. Because I don't know if you noticed in that scene with the, I, I don't know if they were Russian, Greek or something, but one guy shot at her and the bullets, like, bounced off. So, let's get Kamiko versus Stormfront or versus Homelander. I bet you she can go toe to toe with them. Yeah. That's what's a little confusing about Kimiko that I don't, maybe I missed it. I would love to just sit down and rewatch it from the beginning again, 
But remember, there was a scene in season one where she went up against um, Black Noir. Black Noir, and he she got cut up like really bad, and she healed. Um, yes. But what's confusing about that is, if she can heal, why did she seem so terrified of Stormfront? Hmm. You know, because if, if she thought she possessed enough strength or power to be able to go up against her, she saw something from when Stormfront killed her brother that made her go. I can't do it. <laughs> so I'm curious what she thinks her limits are. And maybe just the sheer, like, you know, oh God, the sheer violence in Stormfront's eyes or something like that. Because Stormfront, for being this, like, she definitely is short, right? For being yeah. like this short person, she has this very powerful presence to her that may, I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, that's a very good point that I didn't even think of. Yeah. Cause it just, it, it was the first thing I thought as I'm watching, like as she's, you know, terrified behind the, um, the radiator or whatever that was watching her brother die. I'm like looking at her the whole time. Like, you heal. <laughs> like, <laughs> wh why are you not like running to go help him? Maybe if you guys could like work together or you catch her by surprise, it's enough to maybe take her out. And I'm like, only thing I could think is she was either frozen in fear or she was just like, yeah, no, I can't do anything to that. I mean, we saw Stormfront like almost rip the hands off of the bone of her brother. Oh, I know. It was so uh, bad. Oof. I'm like, I, I tell you this, Tia. <laughs> if I could stop a Mack truck with my bare hands and I saw someone rip someone else's hands off of their arms, I'd probably think twice also. I'd probably go, no, oh, yeah. I don't think this is a fight that I want. This is not for me. Um, but it, it was a thought that popped up in my head because I'm like, she could heal. And that was like, I don't know if you remember, but she got, like, really badly wounded in season one. Well, to where, the point where you thought that she was dead. Right. I think, and I could be wrong. This is, again, me trying to paraphrase, but trying to remember it. But I think even Frenchie looked at her like, oh, my God, she's dead. And then yes. when, when she popped back up, it was like, what the hell are you? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what are your abilities? Um, so, who knows? Maybe there's a lot more to Kimiko that um, they're saving for uh, – the end of the season where we see her maybe take on Stormfront. Um, I just, to me, I like not knowing much about the boys because it limits my expectations. So I go into every season not knowing what they're going to do, what maybe they're, you know, taking away from, if, you know, people's powers are being watered down just to make the show work. Because one thing I learned to is going through the MCU and seeing how um, Vision isn't as strong as he shouldn't be, or they found ways to water down the Hulk or Thor, because it's like they can't be all-powerful all the time because it wouldn't make sense for Iron Man or Cap to be there. Um, it took a long time for me to understand that. So I'm like, I like being in a position to where I'm like, if this is all she can do? Great. That's all I know. Like, if she does something else, great. If not, I, I don't know any better. Um, so that's how it's been... I've been able to really truly enjoy the boys because I have no knowledge, no expectations, just go wow me. Yeah. I mean, there's not really much that I know. I mean, the few things I know was obviously Stormfront's comic book background. Um, the truth that, uh, well, in the comics, Mother's Milk is a, um, is a stoop. 
in the comics and that's not something that they're exploring in the show um so those are really the only few things i know which i will say the whole mother's milk thing disappoints me a little which is why i d- wish i didn't know about it so believe me not knowing is bliss <laughs> yeah no that, that that's what i've i've convinced myself to make sure that i temper expectations but all right let's move on um the deep got married and the, the reason why i made sure i put the deep on here is because last time we reviewed it I think we barely mentioned the deep because like, yes. I was like, I could care less. Um, so I'm like, no, I got to make sure I put the deep on here. Tia, you know, Tia's going to want to make sure. Cause that was huge. Uh, both these instances that I have here were huge. So um, it is important to talk about it, but um, the deep got married. Um, and then it obviously looks like, but we know it is a ploy from, um, I can't remember what they're called, what that foundation is called. Oh, God, the Church of, like, the Collective, which I feel like is so a Scientology ripoff. Seems like it, Tia. It really seems like it. Um, All right, now here's the funny thing. That infomercial and him getting married isn't even what's important to me out of that situation. It's what led – it's what happened right after that infomercial was over that I want to talk about, but I'll let you get into the deep getting married <laughs> and his horrible infomercial that he did for the collective. Um, what, what were your thoughts on both? Well, so this is my thing, right? It's like, I get that the deep seems like pretty much a useless uh, character, right? Because he's supposed to be like an Aquaman knockoff and obviously this is prior to Jason Momoa coming in and making like Aquaman cool and sexy but the thing about the deep is I feel like when you have a character unless they decide not to go in that direction but when you have a character who's been like pushed around belittled made fun of um uh for the whole entire series I feel like there has to be a moment where eventually that person finds their footing now, I thought that that was going to be after season one when the deep had the moment where he shaved his head, he started crying. I was like, okay, this is the deep's moment of redemption where he goes into that. It still looks like he's a puppet being, you know, the strings are being pulled. I'm hoping with the whole Maeve thing that that changes. But I want to see if the boys want to go in that direction, they could make his character um beyond their side and finally get i don't know grow some balls or you know get stronger or something not be such a freaking like pathetic fuck boy pretty much but i don't know um i thought it was funny in the previous episode where they were interviewing women to be his potential wife and the one who you know he was clearly into and they're like no 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 we're gonna have you marry this one person and i was like this is so cringy that's what i felt about joan i was like this is cringy his whole little marriage between him and this girl but um please for some reason, I'm forgetting what the infomercial is. So I'd love for you to kind of like jog my memory here. So the infomercial was, <clears throat> excuse me, it was the deep walking through, uh, letting people know how much he's changed and how he won't stand up for, um, you know, uh, what's what's wrong. And it was like this guy 
kissing this girl. Oh, God, that's right. He was like, oh, my God, no. And he was like, hey, dude, that's not cool. And I was just like, all right, I'm, come on. <laughs> like, what am I watching right now? Like, what is this? Come on now. Um, so that pretty much was it. And then, like, it ends with him shaking the guy's hand and then them saying, like, it's the collective. Join us. Um, oh, God. that's yeah, right. <laughs> that was pretty much, like, the be-all, the end-all of that infomercial. But it was more than we should have gotten. Um, but it, it was hilarious yeah. in its way of, like, just what the boys does with just being that cringy because i'm telling you like i don't know how but there have been every once in a while where some like really like terrible cheesy like christian commercial will come on and uh, i let me say before i go any further i don't want anyone getting angry or anything i am catholic so you know i'm not not shitting on you know the christians here i'm just saying you know what i'm talking about you see those really like born again christian commercials sometimes and you're just like what is going on here <laughs> yeah no i'm 100 percent with you on that so where you're kind of just like all right let's what's this <laughs> you know um but no i mean look it, it was one of those things where it was like i rolled my eyes heavily watching that you rolled your eyes so hard that they almost got stuck in the back of your head. I think they did get stuck in the back of my head, Tia, to be completely <laughs> honest with you. I'm still trying to get them back out. Um, it was just, it was almost nauseating, really. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really bad. But what stood out to me from that, that whole scene wasn't any of those two things. It was when, because uh, A-Train was watching the infomercial. That's 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 how we saw it. He was watching. Right. Um, so as it was ending and he was saying, oh, my God, this is like a load of BS. Stormfront comes in and she says, you know, the the collective used to stand for something. A-Train's like, oh, you know, used to be a part of it. She's like, yeah, long time ago. And then what Stormfront said next mm. really made me go, this show is testing my patience. <laughs> um, um she goes yeah they used to be really good so you know they just started letting any kind of people in and that was when a train was like and no she was like you know and a train was like no i don't know like explain um and then she said something sarcastic and then he said are we gonna have a problem <laughs> and like as he said that it, i only laughed because i was sitting there saying all right stormfront are we gonna have a problem yo like is 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 a train being black like a, a problem to you um but i love how closet racist but not really stormfront is like she'll say things to where you're just like that was kind of racist but i don't really know if anyone else picked up on that like <laughs> like did did you did you receive that um so i'm sitting there watching and i'm just like i did not like that <laughs> stormfront um, but I, I love how this show isn't afraid to be honest. Um, and we, we're dealing with a lot of racism, especially in today. Um, so I'm like, and the racism today is a lot more obvious <laughs> than what Stormfront is doing. Um, but yeah, so that's what stuck out to me the most here was, was hearing that from Stormfront and just kind of, you know, I was more surprised by that than Kimiko ripping the, the skin off of that guy's face. I was just like, <laughs> Did she just say that? <laughs> um, so I wanted to make sure I brought that up. That definitely took me aback a little bit. Well, I mean, listen, I went into the season just 
fully accepting that Stormfront was a racist character based on her comic book ties, knowing that she was a male character in the comics who was a literal Nazi. Um, and this isn't, you know, people on the internet calling other people Nazis, like legit, like swastika wearing Nazi, right? Um, so I just knew that. And when she sat down with A-Train, I was like, what's going to go on here? Like I automatically sat there. And I'm like, mm, what kind of scene are we having here? Um, and, you know, when she was, uh, when she said that, you know, oh, well, then they just let anyone in. That is really a line that not, not that I have heard from anyone immediate in my life, but that I have heard from people in my life, you know, like even just, um, where I grew up, right, in New York, previously, say, in the 40s and 50s was a predominantly white neighborhood, but by the time I grew up in there, it was a very diverse neighborhood, right? And I would hear from older people who, you know, also grew up in that neighborhood, but say in the 40s and 50s, say those sort of things. Oh, well, it was a really nice neighborhood, but then they just started letting anyone in. And you're sitting there and you're like, what do you mean by anyone? You know? And so hearing her say that is something that I have heard before. And I was just like, mm, we all know what you mean when you say that. And then it's like, you know, people like her who say those sort of things, it's like they want to do it because they want to see if you can get a reaction from the other person. Because for A-Train, it's like if he doesn't say anything, right? then she's going to sit there smugly like, oh, look at him. He doesn't have the gall to say something to me. But then if he does say something, then she'll be like, oh, look at this guy. He's so sensitive. It's, it's like a lose-lose situation when you're dealing with someone like Stormfront, right? Um, but what also stood out to me about Stormfront is, again, something like I just feel like everything's a commentary in the boys, right? So you have this character who is clearly all about white power and she's very racist, but then she's sitting there in like the tent talking about like the Thai crepes. So you're perfectly okay with eating food that's from say other countries or at least has some flair from other countries but you don't like people from other countries does that am i making like sense here <laughs> like i know that i'm like circled around a shit ton but i just feel like that could the fact of what she was eating could not have been a coincidence not at all <clears throat> not at all um it's uh, unfortunately i've run into it um a, a lot in my life and, and it is something that is used very casually um and a lot of people don't even know to be offended by that, um, you know, because they're so young. Um, racism to them is something they, they heard about in the books and they're now seeing real life. But for me growing up, the whole Rodney King thing wasn't that far from my childhood. So, you know, you kind of see that. Um, so the idea of racism isn't necessarily new uh, to you. So when I heard that, I immediately was offended. Um, you know, to where I'm like, this show's really trying. <laughs> Only because I, I didn't know this show was going to go this route. Um, I, I, I'm not mad at it. So I don't want anyone thinking like, oh, he's being like super like dramatic. No, I, I'm not saying like, oh, I'm offended. I'm not going to watch. No, I just wasn't expecting it to go this route. 
Um, so it just it catches me off guard the more I hear it. Um, but I mean, hey, they're not shying away from it. <laughs> well, you know, it's also like about the whole thing, right? Is um, what's kind of interesting is, and it's kind of like um, when we talked last week about us. I always forget is it, is it Sasha Cohen Boren or is it like Sasha Baron Cohen? Sasha Baron Cohen. I don't know why I can't get like the sequence of his names correct but you know there's something ironic about like say a, a jewish guy playing this character who's so obviously like racist against jewish people right so the actress aya cash who plays stormfront is jewish and there's something so ironic about a jewish person playing a character who's a literal nazi and, and she had a whole um interview about that like you know i just feel I don't know what really I'm trying to say here, but it's like, there's almost something there where it's like, almost like a freedom of being able to like play this character as evilly as, I don't even know if that's a word, as they're supposed to be. Like not humanizing this person, not, you know, trying to redeem this person at all because this is a person who represents a lot of pain to, you know, a certain you know, demographic of people. Yeah, no, I, I'm completely with you. And it, it, it takes a lot. Um, it, it really does. Whenever I think of people being put in uncomfortable positions to portray art is when um, <clears throat> Samuel Jackson was saying how uncomfortable everyone was saying the N-word in Django. And he was like, say it, <laughs> say it, go ahead and say it. Uh, and they were kind of just like, it makes me really uncomfortable, Sam. Um, I even but that's kind of the interview. point. It's supposed to be uncomfortable. Exactly. You know? You're not supposed exactly. to feel like it's an easy word to say. Exactly. But um, that's some of the difficulties of performing in art. Um, you know, you sometimes they're going to ask you to do something that you're kind of like, wow, really? Like, you want me to say that like 30 times? I will say, <laughs> I do, I do think about it some because I re, all right, I know we're on a like so, so off of the like actual cusp here, but I rewatched Django recently and I was like, I feel really uncomfortable for Leonardo DiCaprio, <laughs> like saying it constantly. <laughs> yeah, no, a hundred percent. But, um, it, it's art. It's it's art, and I respect them for doing it. Um, because that, I tell you right now, if I was someone black on set, like even if I was like the the guy that just you know was like getting food together for for people, and I just like I'm walking by and I hear him just yelling that, I'd be like, whoa, what? <laughs> oh, that's right, it's a movie. Okay, I'm sorry, I almost hit him. <laughs> I almost put this food down and went over there and punched him in the face. <laughs> Um, but no, you, you always have to respect people that do things that, that are that tough, and that is tough. Um, but all right, let's move on. Speaking of A-Train, uh, let's talk a little bit about A-Train. We saw that mm -hmm. this is a very emotional episode for him. Forced to pretty much publicly through a movie tell the world, I'm no longer part of the set. Um, he even pitched it to him, like, how about we make it a suggestion? Like, will he return? And they're like, right. No, no, we're, we're okay not having you. Um, I have to think at some point, either A-Train will die um, trying to get revenge against the Seven, or he'll find something that gives him his, his full speed back without killing him to do so. Um, and he'll possibly be not, not joining 
the the boys, but he'll be an ally to them. Like I can see Queen Maeve and A Train being an ally to the boys, mm-hmm. but never fully joining, um, as it should be. But what do you see as the future for for A Train going forward? So correct me if I'm wrong, Joan, but I think that you and I had spoken about the boys season one when it came out. And you had expressed not particularly liking A Train. Am I making that up? No, you're a hundred percent correct. <laughs> okay, no, no, because no. I had that in the back of it's. It's so funny. I had that in the back of my head when watching it. But I do think that the actor did a good job this episode in really conveying the emotions that A Train would probably be feeling during this. Because that does. Uh, oh, sorry. I just got like a frog in my throat but um that does suck to be kicked out of the seven um because of say some ailment and knowing that no one's really that sad if sad at all that you're leaving i mean i think the most was that the pr lady or something gave him a little pat on the back and said don't worry the other speedster before you didn't last this long so you know cheer up dude buck up um they completely view it as a business yeah uh which is crazy because that's exactly how today's america would would handle having superheroes is making it pretty much a corporation um but not even just superheroes you have people who have like worked for companies for like 25 years and one day they're like yeah sorry womp womp it's like wait what (laughs) we're gonna pay this 22 year old who wants to do it for like three hundred dollars less so yeah we're gonna go and say take care and it's like wait what <laughs> like like when companies say that they always say that as if like they had ju- they're running out of money like they're cash strapped like your six hundred dollars is gonna make or break them so they gotta let you go like sorry you're being paid so much we're gonna run out of money soon if we continue to keep yeah. it like, you just have too much experience <laughs> right you just have you, you do too much good work for us. Like we can't take it. You you have to go. Um, you're absolutely right. Like jobs never make sense to me when they when they tell people that. Like hey, we found someone younger and cheaper, and it's like, no, you're not telling me that you who makes eight times is more than I do. My little bit of money is strapping this company so much that you got to find younger and cheaper. Like what what what? I'll never understand that. I, no, I, I'll yeah. never understand. And then they'll complain because the younger and cheaper person who doesn't know what they're doing because they're right out of college just messed everything up. But anyway, um, so with A-Train, I, I felt bad. Like he, as you said, tried to suggest a more open-ended uh, ending. And they're like, yep, yeah, nope, we saw all of your freaking suggestions and nah. And then he tried to refuse at first. And they're like, if you want that severance, you're gonna get, which like, I would be so interested to know what that severance is. Like, it's probably a big F you as well, knowing Vought. But what stood out to me was when he was having his quote unquote emotional, because you could tell he was just done with it, right? But his like emotional goodbye in that scene to Homelander, it like, wasn't even Homelander, right? Wasn't it just a guy who they like made to look like Homelander? Because you saw his back the whole right, time. Right, it wasn't Homelander. And, the, and yeah. it's like, wow, Homelander couldn't even give him the courtesy of doing that scene face to face. It had to be a stand-in. And it's like, that is such a huge insult to A-Train in that scene. And in my opinion, he, we already saw that A-Train knows what Starlight did. I have a feeling 
that he's going to go to starlight whether he eventually dies or not that remains to be seen i don't i really think that there's going to be something where starlight a train and queen mave team up together maybe they'll have help from the boys i think that the boys won't necessarily dislike them their biggest problem is billy butcher because he has no sympathy for the soups he literally called the love of his life's son a soup freak and it's like you're trying to get back with becca and that's her son regardless of anything and you call him a freak and say to like leave him behind i mean we even saw in like season one that like billy pretty much told that infant like i'll be back for you in like 10 years um so i think the biggest problem would always be billy and that's why the soups won't ever join the boys but they'll help like starlight and maybe huey and shit like that no i'm completely with you and what's funny is (laughs) it's one of those things where it's like i remember like if you ever remember like playing any sports like on the playground where like you know everyone had to like pick you know who's going to be on their team and you kind of go I don't really want anybody with, like, glasses, right? Like, I'm just using an example. I don't really want anyone with glasses. And it's like, Derek has glasses, and he's on your um, he's on your team. And it's like, yeah, but we're okay with that guy. We don't really want you. That's how Billy feels looking over at Kimiko. It's like, yeah, I know she's here, but, like, we don't want more of you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like we're allowing her, but that's legit the cap on what I'll allow. Um, so that's what came to my mind when you said that I'm like Billy's kind of like if someone's gonna go you don't like soups but you got Kimiko and it's like eh, yeah but I like her like she's growing on me I don't really like you though <laughs> <laughs> you can't enjoy those um, so that's immediately what I started thinking up in my head but no I did not like the acting of A-Train in season one I really didn't I've seen the actor in a few and a few things, I, I recall this is what I was telling you when, when we were talking about it last year, or yeah, last year. Um, not that high on the actor, um, but I love admitting when I was wrong. Um, he really did a great job in this episode, a really, really, really good job. Um, I have nothing bad to say about what he did in this episode, not even a little bit. Um, he did a really, really, really good job, and, and I do hope that we see a-Train and Queen Maeve at some point get some semblance of revenge against um, I won't even say the seven because it's not like the seven is necessarily making these decisions um, it, it's the, the suits behind the seven really um, but it'll be interesting because we know one thing to you the boys is not shy away from killing people um, oh. so who whose head will be the next to roll out of our main characters is the biggest question uh, going forward. But no, like I said, I have nothing bad to say about A-Train. Not even a little bit. Um, but all right, let's move on. How convinced here were you that home, uh, when Homelander was imagining that he was eye-lasering all those innocent people, did you, because I will not lie to you, T. I sat there and I said, oh, my God, he is losing his damn mind. And then when he snapped out of it, I said, oh, thank goodness. (laughs) The thing is, I had told Kanan, right? I would have kind of preferred if he really had, like, turned on all of them. Think about it. We are at episode five. There's only eight 
episodes left. It's not like they'd have a shit ton to go, like, oh, how are we going to deal with this this early in the season? Like, we're, we're getting there. We're getting to the final few episodes. I think it would have been so interesting to have Homelander, who's already at that point doing bad in the polls and everything, to really just show who the fuck he is, right? Like, to me, I would have loved it. I saw it and I was like, that, that is what the boys does best. You know, it's jarring, it's big, it's powerful. It's the same thing like when Stormfront had her big moment at the end of episode three, right? It was jarring, it was shocking, it was tragic, right? I just would have loved that that was actually the case for Homelander. But it is crazy that he's thinking about it. And I think that there's going to come a time where we're going to have a similar scene and it's not going to be a daydream. It's going to be reality. Yeah, he's not far from it being a, a reality. But only reason why, Tia, I thought it was even remotely possible that he that he really did it was the airplane scene from season one. Yeah. Oh, God. He <laughs> willingly was like, I'm going to let you all die. And it was like, that's fine. Just save the girl. I'm not even going to save the girl. <laughs> oh. I legit have to let you all die. I still can't watch that. I think I've said this before. I still can't watch that scene again. It's hard to stomach. It's very hard to stomach because you look at it and you just go, wow. Everything you thought you've ever known about superheroes, and you just look at this and you go, wow. <laughs> you know, like, geez. Like, could you picture Superman going, not today. No. My I don't feel like saving lives. My back's bothering me. I don't know if I can lift the whole plane like I, I don't know. You guys might have to die today. Like, Superman, would you just say? <laughs> like, what? Wonder Woman um, would be like, what? <laughs> she'd be like, what the hell's wrong with you? Um, but no, I mean, I really did think that that was true. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, man, I knew they weren't going to do that. I did not see it. <laughs> I did not. It shocked me. Um, but all right. Uh, what do we got next? Um, oh, okay. So part two of that, with the country turning on Homelander, how soon before he becomes an enemy of the state, Theo? I don't think it's uh, that far off. Um, he's going to do something crazy, similar to what we just talked about. And I think that at some point, oh God, who does Giancarlo Esposito play? I forget his character's name. Hold but, on, but, you know, he's like the head of Vought now. At some point, I feel like his character's real F.U. to Homelander is going to be cutting him loose and painting him in a bad light. Um, and at that point, that's going to give the huge green light to, you know, um, God, what does America have? <laughs> the, the military uh, to go against Homelander. Stan Egger. Stan Egger is his name. Stan Egger. God, that's a terrible name. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, at some point, I feel like Stan is going to get tired of Homelander. Um, and I don't think that he's going to put up with it. And I think he's going to be a big part of what paints Homelander as an enemy of the state. I, I really do think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a collateral damage kind of thing to mm -hmm. where the boys do something that just goes too overboard that um, Vought kind of goes, wasn't us. That was Homelander doing his own thing. He's now an enemy of the state. Um, but with that, my question would be, 
does Vaught have somebody? Because it can't be Stormfront. I, I just couldn't imagine it. Um, do they have someone stronger than Homelander, or maybe a, a doppelganger of Storm of of um of Stormlander that like you could uh you know put in his position when when you have to make this one somewhat of a enemy of the state? Like, what is your backup plan for when this doesn't work? Because if you're them. Your vault, something in your mind has to be going. This is going to fizzle out soon. Like, too much is happening, and we have to cover up too much. Um, at some point, it'll just be like, let's cut our losses, man. Let, let, let's cut our losses. Um, d- do you see it that way, that they have, like, a backup plan for someone that will supersede uh, Stormlander? You mean Homelander? Homelander. Why do I keep saying st- <laughs> I'm mixing Stormfront with Homelander? Well, Homelander. I mean, uh, based on the end of this episode, they definitely became Stormlander, but that's their <laughs> couple name now. Um, good job, Joanne. Hashtag it. Um, but freaking, do you mean like who could replace Homelander as a figurehead at the head right. of the seven? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I really don't know, which is. It's funny because um, soups have been around for a re- in this uh, whole universe. The soups have been around for a while, so you have to think like who was there before Homelander? You know, like did they even have the seven before Homelander? Are they all just like individual soups at that point? Um, so was there even something before Homelander? But I don't know if there's something after um homelander i really don't i really don't know um i i think um freaking jensen ackles who's playing soldier boy in season three like his character's pretty like patriotic i think you need like another character to like fill that whole little little uh patriotic niche that homelander has so maybe that would be Soldier Boy or something like that. I'm not, I'm not sure. At that point, when do you just cut your loss and, you know, get rid of the seven and just say, uh, it's just, you know, superheroes. We're not going to, you know, highlight just seven of them. We're going to be all about the superheroes, something like that. At some point, some kind of plan will have to be made. Um, I, I find it very difficult. Uh, Homeland, I was going to say Stormlander again to you. <laughs> 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 I find it very hard to believe that Homelander makes it out of this season unscathed uh, like he did last year. Uh, last yeah, year. absolutely. But I certainly hope that they don't kill his character off. I would definitely want to see his character continue on in season three in what capacity, what they could possibly do. I don't know, but I certainly don't. I certainly hope they don't kill him off this season. Yeah, I, I find it. See, okay, so I could see them killing him off, but only because they have, like, a clone. Um, I mean, we did see in season one um, Billy holding up a baby that shoots lasers out of his eyes. Do we know if that baby is a a clone of Homelander? Does it only shoot laser out of its eyes? Um, You know, see, stories like this when they're like, oh, they had a kid, and the kid is just like the dad, he's strong. I hate them making the kid so young. Um, because it automatically eliminates you doing a, well, now could the kid possibly be the new um, Homelander? Is he as strong as his dad? Because he's just too young, you know? 
Um, and that's always where I'm like, always whenever you're doing a situation where it's like, oh, a kid no one knew about, make him like 16, <laughs> you know? So like you can do a, a three years later, a, a four years, five years later, and now the kid's like an adult and you can, you know, use him however you want. But whenever well, I think like there's going to be 12, something. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was going to say, I think there's going to be something with Black Noir. I think they're hiding something from us. Um, and they're keeping that in their pocket right now. And I think Vought is keeping that in their pocket because I think that it's clear that Black Noir is a, is truly a, oh God, what is the word that I'm thinking about? He's a product of Vought. And I think we saw that in this episode. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and we can actually get, get a little bit more into that because I want to go, I want to talk about uh, me and your favorite character, uh, Billy, Tia. I want to talk a little bit about Billy only because throughout this episode, I kind of felt like Billy had a death wish. Uh, yes. Seeing him at that, uh, I don't want to say a rave concert, some kind of concert. Um just randomly go up and nail a guy right in the face. Uh, and then you see him uh, start getting beat up by a whole bunch of people. You know what it reminded me of, Tia? It reminded me of, you ever hear uh, people say to someone, like, they're just looking to feel something? Like, they don't feel anything. So they're, they're yearning to feel something, whether it's pain, whether it's whatever. Um, I felt like when Billy couldn't get her back, um, he kind of lost everything. And, you know, him kind of not feeling like going back to the team uh, or doing much of anything else. It was just a matter of, I want to feel something, you know? And it was like, I'll get beat up. It's at least something. Um, I felt like Billy was going on a really dark path. Did you think at that moment he had a death wish? Well, to me, it reminded me of in the Umbrella Academy season two when Luther finds out that Allison is married and he throws that fight with that guy and is pretty much saying to him, hit me, hit me, hit me. Um, so, you know, that's something that we see a lot in these sort of shows and movies. So I certainly think that Billy had a bit of a death wish. He's a very, he's one of those guys, he's a very hard guy. He, you know, covers up his emotions with, you know, uh, crude language and, you know, silly behavior pretty much. But in reality, he's dealing with uh, rejection from Becca. I don't think that he ever saw that happening to him. It was him and Becca uh, versus the world. He was going to get Becca back and they were going to go on. And for Becca to kind of have that strength to be like, and first of all, I loved what Becca said, you know, where she was just like, I forget it like word by word. She pretty much was like, I couldn't save you anymore. Kind of giving an illusion that like Billy always had sort of this self-deprecating tendencies to him it's just that with thinking that becca was gone and dead he got worse so now that he had becca back they had this very romantic uh moment in a car um he you know i think he wasn't expecting that because i don't think that he ever saw becca loving anyone more than him but again like it's like someone needs to tell like Billy, I forget if someone did, like it does not matter how it came to be that Becca was pregnant. I mean, it does, but in this situation, it does not matter that it does not matter that the son 
has superhero powers. Like that is her son. That child came from her. So regardless, she's not going, she's not going to choose you, Billy, over him. You're going to have to suck it up and deal with it. And clearly Billy was not wanting to deal with it. So Becca kicked him to the curb. And I think that's when Billy just kind of lost his freaking will to live essentially. To me, I thought that Billy was doing like a goodbye tour for himself, right? He went, he got the shit kicked out of him. He went to say goodbye to his dog. Like he was on a very self-destructive path that if it weren't for Huey and MM, we could have seen him. I don't think that Billy would have committed suicide, but I think that he would have done something to purposely get himself killed. I will say to the defend Billy here um, what she was asking him was very difficult um, and why I say that is it's not it's not the same thing as oh we were dating we took a break you, you know you dated someone else they got you pregnant you know now I just have to deal with it we're talking an individual who was indestructible committed a heinous act to get you pregnant and now I have to look at the product of that every single day. And I think for Billy, it's hard to separate that. It's hard to look that kid in the face, knowing that he's, he's going to end up looking just like his father and accept him. But Never. imagine how hard it would have been for Becca in the beginning to look at that child oh, every no, no, single no. day, you know? By no like, means. It's way different for, for her. It's way different. I'm just saying I could understand from Billy's point of view, A, hating soups because of Homelander, and yeah. B, the kid actually being <laughs> Homelander's kid. It's just like, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot to ask someone. And I'll say this to you. There's probably 2% of the world that could actually put aside their hatred enough to accept that kid and raise it as, as their own. Um, that's a really tough thing to ask. I, you know, so to me, it's like, I look at, um, I look at Billy and I just go, could you have handled it a lot better and said some things a lot better for sure. Um, but at the end of the day, I think they both knew it was just something he could never accept. To be uh, fair, though, the kid hates Homelander, too. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's not like the kid is sitting there going, gee, Willikers, Homelander is my daddy, and he's such a great guy. Like, he literally pretty much told Homelander, like, I'll laser you right now. Get the hell away. So I feel like Billy needs to just, like, accept that and see that the kid hates Homelander, and then Billy could be like, oh, I can work with this. Like, he works with Kamiko. Yeah, no, I, 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 I really get what you're saying. I don't know. I, I just think it's it's so different. Um, it, it's so different, and it's really tough to ask him to, to be able. That's why she said to him, "Is is cut and dry? Is you'll never be able to accept this." Like, and we both have to just come to terms with that. Um, and I don't know. I, I, I don't see Billy really changing his mind. Um, even though, like you said, um, the kid hating his father also would be something they could bond over. It's just like, I hate him. I hate him too. Let's just figure out a way to kill him. Like, <laughs> like let's do this. Like, I get that. Like, I'm not saying that I don't get it, right? But it's, 
it's one of those things because I think what at the end of the episode Billy was like let's go get Becca back and I'm like what is going to change Billy you have to change you have to find it in your heart how to change that or else I don't know what the hell is going to go on what are you going to do kill the kid I mean listen I wouldn't put it past Billy but then Becca's never going to forgive him and then you're really never going to have Becca yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely you're absolutely right. Um, something's gonna have to give, but I do know this. I do know the the most powerful thing in the entire world is love. Um, that's why it's very hard to obtain, but once you get it, it is almost impossible to get rid of it. Um, so I can see him kind of going through this. Um, you know, going through the fight with Black Noir, thinking everyone was going to die, thinking everyone was going to die because of him, um, could be cathartic enough for him to kind of go, I got to focus on what's important. And what's important is, you know, her being happy and safe. Um, if that means I need to kind of put some things to the side, then I got to work on it. Um, but to me, I, I just don't think he has it in him to you. I, I'll be very impressed to see that I'm wrong. Well, hopefully we'll see some character development. You know, Billy can't be this, you know, unfeeling sort of guy forever, especially if he wants to get Becca back. That The only way to get her back is to embrace that kid. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I had to figure that one out, uh, uh, Billy. But, all right, let's move on. We obviously see Black Noir attacking Billy at his aunt's. Uh, where M.M. and uh, Huey were there. Thank goodness they were there. Um, we see the fight break out. We see it get really bad. Um, we also see Black Noir get shot up to hell, and it just not phase him. Um, so my question to you is, Tia, how indestructible do you really think Black Noir is? So, okay, that's another thing that I know from the comics, and I'm not going to say it, because obviously I don't want to spoil anything for anyone in case they decide to go in this direction. I don't want to spoil anything for you. But if they go in the direction of how it is in the comics, then Black Noir is very indestructible. Um, I don't know how they would go that way in the comics, because then they would have to lose the actor who actually plays Black Noir, um, which sucks because he seems like a very nice guy. Um, but he is super indestructible. I mean, we saw at the beginning of this freaking season him take a blast from that soup terrorist and barely get phased. And I think in this one, uh, MM had set up all of these bombs to go off, and it didn't do it didn't do anything to Black Noir. Not a single thing to him. So he is very indestructible, which it's like, again, it's funny because they say that like Homelander and Stormfront are the most powerful soups, right? But you got Kamiko and Black Noir sitting there pretty much like nothing can happen to them. And that's so interesting to me. Yeah, no, I mean, that. I, I look at it to where I kind of go, I think we've only scratched the surface on what all these soups are uh, capable of only because we haven't seen them face off against other soups. Um, so I'm like, there's probably a whole lot more that would blow my mind. Um, but we won't know because you don't need much when you're trying to kill a human being. Um, so I'm like, it's like, I remember it's funny because it's like uh, Joel used to say, when um, Patty Jenkins was explaining why she got rid of Wonder Woman's sword and shield, it was kind of like, 
Well, she can kill you with her bare hands, so it was just kind of like overboard for her to have a sword and a shield. It was like, if she's <laughs> fighting like a, a armed robber, what does she need the sword and shield for? <laughs> like, you can legit stop him with your bare hands. That's just, it's excessive. Um, so, you know. Which makes a question, like, why soups were even created? Because they've never gone against other soups. They've only ever gone against humans. Like, what did you need them for? No, I think, you know how greedy America is. I think once they yeah. found out, wait, we can create superpowers? All right, let's just see what we can do with this. <laughs> um, you know how, you know how. Of course. Um, but no, I mean, it, it does beg the question of, like, what are the true stakes of those characters if they never face anybody that could actually, you know, put a dent in them? Um, so that's why it's kind of like season three definitely needs a lot more uh, powers. But I will say to you, they look like they're shutting me up with the uh, preview of next week's episode. Looks like we could maybe see a few more people that have abilities pop up that aren't part of the seven. So I didn't see the trailer. Oh, <laughs> oh shoot. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I don't care about you spoiling a trailer. Oh, shit, oh, okay. I, w- <laughs> I, I wish I would have seen it. <laughs> you almost made me rip my tongue all the way out. No. Feeling horrible. <laughs> um but yeah no i mean it was just like quick 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 glimpse um you know didn't really go that much into detail which i like um but as eric uh the showrunner says we're what two or three sleeps away from the the new episode um so we'll find out uh sooner rather than later what that's about but um yeah no i mean it, it does seem like black noir is pretty much like you can't kill me you know you can try but it won't work um all right one of our last two things we we can get up out of here to you how long do we think the truce between um Vought and uh the boys will last i realize i wrote the wrong thing in the questions that i sent you (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) but the right question is how long do we think the truce between Vought and um the boys will specifically um billy how long between Vaught and Billy, how long do you think that truce will last? Well, first of all, I want to say that was such an interesting scene, right? Black, And this is why I say that Black Noir is very much a product of Vaught, because he was very close to killing Billy, and then you see that um, that Vaught is in his ear. You know, Billy just said quickly, like, well, I got all this information, and I could leak it out within seconds, you know, or blah, 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 whatever. And as soon as that happened, it's like he got a call from uh, Stan to and put him on the phone, right? You know, okay, put Black Noir back on the phone. And he clearly said to Black Noir, you know, stand down. You see how pissed Black Noir was at that point. Um, so that very much just shows, like, how much... Um, uh, what call it? how much power Vought has over Black Noir, but Stan is not a stupid person, right? right? He understands things. And so when, you know, uh, if that were Homelander, Homelander would have killed Billy. Fuck the, the consequences, right? right. Um, which is why he had Black Noir uh, go to take care of things. Um, but my point is, is that he heard that Billy had leverage and what uh you know stan specifically smartly decided to let a truce happen as 
it either is going to be as soon as Stan finds out the truth that truce is done, or he's quickly figuring out a, um, a contingency plan. And that truce is not going to last very long because the boys are specifically Billy are thorns in his side and he doesn't need them over there stewing, uh, figuring out how to take them down. Stan should probably, if he wanted, if he was smart, which he is, uh, take them out before they have the opportunity to pretty much, uh, do an attack on him, not a physical attack, but an information attack. I honestly think that his backup plan is to kill Becca. Um, She is, because when he said he has proof, there's no, like, documentation to back up what he's saying. She legit is the proof. The the child is the proof. But if she were no longer alive, what could he then do to you? What leverage does, does Billy have? Right. He could spin the story to... Um, she loved Homelander. They had a beautiful child together, um, and she died because of Billy. They could then flip that. So now everybody that's hating Homelander now feels sorry for him. The mother of his child is dead. He's now a single father. You know that they, they could spin that right Billy, now. Billy, the jealous ex-husband, exactly. just you know, uh, enraged by all of this, decided to just if if he couldn't have Becca. No one could. Exactly. And you know what I could see to you? And I'm, I'm going to get into this last topic so I can get you out of here. I could see Billy saying, you know what? Like, once she dies, you know what? Gloves are off. I'm going to team up with, with Supes. So just so I can kill Homelander. That's all I want. I only want to kill him. And if that means I got to team up with every soup possible, I'll do it. Just so I can get my revenge. Um, but like I told you last week or the week before, I could see Billy dying at the end of the season. You know I don't want that, Tia. You know I'll cry. Um, it, it it would be honestly hard to continue watching The Boys without him. I would agree. do it. But Billy is just such a large part. Granted, I don't think that you're wrong. We've talked plenty of times of how the show seemingly is trying to prepare Huey to be the leader. And I like Huey. He is not a bad character at all. I think I said this in a season one review where it's like Huey definitely could have been that annoying guy that just was there and it you wonder why he's there constantly. But I like Huey, but I don't want to sacrifice Billy, man. <laughs> I'm with you. I don't, I don't want that at all. But I will tell you, I mean, we spoke about this. I um, can't remember his name to save my life. You know, I always go blank. But the guy that plays Huey blew me away so much. I was like, I don't really need this Ezra Miller guy. I kind of like this guy for Barry. Oh, Jack Quaid. Yes. yes. Jack Quaid would make a great Barry Allen. I think he'd be a amazing blend of what Grant has been doing with The Flash and like a newer version of that. Uh, the acting, I think, would be on par. Um, and he could just play a more believable Barry that's more like your forensic scientist kind of guy, the quirky guy, the funny guy. Um I, I immediately fell in love with this guy as an actor, and I was like, I need more of this guy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it did seem like Huey is supposed to step up and be that guy. Um, so it'll be interesting. I mean, Tia, we both pray that we never have to see that day. Um, <laughs> we don't want that. We don't want that at all. But 
No, because that means less Carl Urban. <laughs> yeah, who wants that? Who wants less Carl Urban? Um, <laughs> um, but all right, let's move on to our last topic. And the last topic is the disgusting love fest between Stormlander. That's what I was... That, ah, I finally got to use it. Hey. Um, <laughs> um, it was... I think it took uh, a new meaning to what? It, what is it? BDM or, or whatever it's. Oh called. God, BDSM. Um, oh Lord, I'm I'm watching that and I'm just like, oh, this is gross. But they are so meant for each other. Um, <laughs> uh, how did that uh, scene? Uh, how, how did you feel watching that scene? And do you think that this is now? a connection between the two of them or do you think Stormfront's just using him? So, <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't stop laughing. As soon as, um, you know, Homelander went to Stormfront for help to get his reputation back and that obviously worked out, he was like, thank you. And she's like, now what can you do for me? I was like, oh, please no. Oh, please no. <laughs> Don't do it. And then they're just like, at first, really, I thought they were just going to throw each other around, right? I was like, maybe it isn't even going to be like a sexual thing. Maybe it's just like, because they're both so strong and like Homelander literally has like no one who can kind of go toe to toe with him. It's like one of those things where they just want to feel that, you know, something weird, right? Like it's clear like Homelander is so starved for like touch pretty much that I think like he just needed this sort of like sensory um abuse almost and then they started like randomly kissing and then they had that moment where I okay so I, I felt like this is a little out of place be, but obviously the scene in the trailer when Stormfront and excuse my language is like laser my tits you're like oh what's uh what what is that scene and you're like oh it's them awkwardly in the middle of their like make out throw around session him like looking at her and she's like i know you want to do it just do it but that did show you how strong Stormfront is because I mean as he said any other person it would laser them in half and it really barely did anything to her and then she like I don't know it's just kinky or whatever and then again I thought that like they weren't actually going to have sex and then <laughs> the end of the episode like ends with them like screwing midair and I was like oh god like the all I thought about was like that is the unsexiest sex scene I've ever seen in a show or a movie, right? Um, but I don't think that they're going to be like a new couple or anything. If anything, they're going to be fuck buddies who just like go to each other every once in a while when they feel like throwing someone around. Uh, Homelander really doesn't seem like he likes Stormfront like that. And I don't think that Stormfront, because I think in Stormfront's eyes, she sees him as pretty much a big wuss and weak. Yeah. Um, at least mentally, right? Right. So to her, I don't think that she would want to be in a relationship with him. I think because he is just literally her equal in strength that she's just getting out of it physically what she wants. And maybe, but, but, sorry, I'm rambling on here. If they did get into a relationship it would be stormfront doing it because she knows that she can manipulate homelander and she can use it for her own personal gain right that 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 was my exact mindset to where it's like 
You see, he has the mama's boy complex to the extreme, but he has the mama's boy complex um, to where it's like, you know, if you ever need an advantage over him, you have it. Um, I mean, that's what we saw the, the lady that was running uh, vault before. That's what we saw she was doing to keep him in line. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think Stormfront kind of just sees this as more par of the course, par for the course. Um, so yeah, that's immediately what I took out of that. Um, that Stormfront will use this to her advantage. Um, but like I said, what it looks like next week is going to be bringing us is going to heighten. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I have to ask Juan because I gave my whole thoughts about that scene. I need to hear your thoughts on that scene. (laughs) Well, you know, I'm never a fan of, of putting scenes in there to where it's like showing us as much as you did was unnecessary. Um, I always like to know from the director's point of view why it's necessary. Um, but it definitely was like, what am I watching? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, this is like, okay. I, I think, can I be honest with you? I think I even fast forwarded to like, you know, like when you put your, your mouse over like the cursor of like um, fast forwarding, it'll show you like what's, what's coming up. Right. Um, I think I even put it to where it was like when it ended and I was like oh that's the end of the episode oh great um, <laughs> I, I, I don't think I had any room for anything else um, it was so disturbing it was like I have seen a lot of disturbing things on this show for and sure. for some reason this is like up there <laughs> yeah for sure I mean it, it's stuff like this is the exact reason why I could never get into Spartacus I'm like at some point, I'm like, is there even a story to this? There isn't. Like, no. I will tell I you watching? that. I will tell you with that. I watched like two episodes of it, and I was like, this is just porn. That's all <laughs> it looks like to you. And what bothered me is like, you can't like, if you don't live like by yourself, you can't ever just watch Spartacus loud. It's like every five <laughs> seconds. And even if you fast forward, you're like, all right, cool. I'm past that. Another one pops up and you're like, oh my goodness (laughs) like i'm just trying to watch it for the story and it's like i don't think anyone could tell me definitively what the one storyline of spartacus was because it was so muddy like by the episode it was like ah no no not the same story oh no not the same story again um that's why game of thrones i respected them it wasn't as much as spartacus was so like you could really soak in the story and Game uh, of Thrones, I'm sorry to like go off, but and I feel like Game of Thrones definitely lessened those sort of scenes as the seasons went on. Yeah, it was just it was not as important as it was to just tell a story. And you giving me scenes like that don't really tell me stories. Like I heard someone tell me like, "Oh, it's just showing you like, oh, now they're in love." I'm like, "Wait, what? You what? <laughs> you needed to show me that to show me that they were in love?" I'm like, words could have done that. They could have sat by, like, a candlelight and said, hey, I love you. Oh, I love you, too. And then, like, you move on. Like, I would have known from that. Um, so, to me, I just and, – and people always call me a prude for, for not liking it. I just – I don't get what it's supposed to do to the story to give me that. So, I look at it, and I'm just like, all right, great. <laughs> you know? Uh, I don't really know what, what I'm supposed to get from it. I mean, in some sense, it's necessary, like, um, when Huey and Starlight got together, it's like, oh, look, they're they're getting together again, you know? Um, 
But, did but you that know, was like I didn't even show much before it moved on. Yeah, which is fine, right? But I think the point with this was this scene wasn't to show you them actually having sex. It was to show you that how like crazy these two people are. Like it wasn't about them hooking up. It was about them literally throwing each other across the room because it's like they're just that intense and they're getting all that out of it. It's like that's what you were supposed to take away from it. Well, I tell you one thing that it did. If any if any if any geek out there ever wanted to know what it'd be like if Wonder Woman got with Superman, that right there. Yeah. Right there. Well, it's right like there. and I'm sorry. It's like uh when Jessica Jones and Luke Cage got together. Remember? I mean yeah. the two of them were like throwing each other around. Yeah, it was like, whoa, this is this, this is violent. violent. <laughs> <laughs> like Jessica does not have money to replace any of this furniture you're breaking up. <laughs> she didn't care. <laughs> she did not care. Uh, she was she was looking to order extra coffee that night. Um, <laughs> um, oh, I missed those. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, episode six does look like it is going to be one we will truly never forget. Um, definitely check out the the trailer, Tia, and then like message me so we can talk about it. Um, but I'm really excited for these last three episodes. It's last three, right? Well, yeah, six, seven, and eight. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm really excited for this, uh, and I can't wait. I did want to point something out. Remember how everyone kept telling us, like, we need to be more patient. Like, you know, it's an episode a week. We we can live with that. Uh, and then, like, how the showrunner came out and said we wanted to space everything out. Did everyone forget that he gave us the first three episodes, uh, opening night? I mean, listen, I, again, have <laughs> spoken to Kanan about this where I'm like, you know, I, it's not that I'm impatient. I just think that the boys flows better when you have the option to watch multiple of it, you right. know, I like agree. season one, you know, was good. It was good in general, but it did it because you could watch it as one long, continuous story. You know, you're not going to release a movie and be like, okay, so we're going to release the first 30 minutes of this movie this week. And then next week, we'll release the second 30 minutes of the movie, right? It doesn't really make sense. To me, it's like the boys works better. I don't get the whole review bombing the show. It's still good. You don't need to review bomb it. But if I am being honest, I would have preferred, I would have either preferred for it to all be out at once or um, I know that you didn't watch the show on HBO Max, but it was called Love Life. And they released the first three or four episodes. I forget how many. They released like the first three or four episodes, right? And then they were going to do the thing where they went weekly. But then they saw how popular it was. So instead, the next week they released another three episodes. And then the next week they released the final three episodes. And it's like, even if the boys did that, right? Like three, 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 you know, whatever. Like if they had done that, I think it would have been received better. I just, Tia, my biggest thing is, uh, and we can end it here. I just like, I, I like having the option. Give me the option. Yeah. Um, and like I said, if it's what, $5 more or, or $6 more, give me the option. I'm not even saying I'll necessarily want to pay that. But well, even like the it, option, it's kind of like, all right, you know, if I can get all these shows all at once, no problems, and it's what, $15.99 to do so. 
I'll do it just to have the like the convenience of man. I don't have anything to do this Saturday. I'll just sit here and binge the boys. Like I well, not even just boys. that. Not even just that. Right? Is say they do release it at once, and you want to spread it out. Then be an adult and have some self control and spread it out. Right? Um. Yeah literally watched daredevil and she literally took it one episode per week right like mm-hmm. if you want to do it then just do it that way like no one's forcing you to sit down and watch all eight episodes at once right and, and those people confuse me because those will be the same people that tell us like you can just wait a week and it's like well you can too just because you have it all at once doesn't mean you have to watch it all at once exactly at least give me the option to be able to watch it all at once that's it and i don't think that you know it's impatient of me to want something from a service that is meant to give you everything i'm paying for i'm paying for this to be given it all at once like that's what boggles me and these streaming services are getting more and more expensive so it's like you're saying that you're charging me more and now you're gonna make me freaking wait yeah, I don't like that. Don't make me wait for something that I should be able to have immediately, purely because that's what streaming services do. Um, so Hulu, get your stuff together. Amazon, <laughs> get your stuff together. Netflix, don't you change up, because I will cancel you. I- I've been waiting to cancel you since you got rid of Marvel. Um, so go ahead and give me a reason. Netflix, um, okay, really quick. Netflix is like on thin ice with a lot of people. Like I've wanting to like the marvel thing hurt me and now with the whole cuties uh movie controversy like netflix needs to needs to watch itself yeah for sure and they keep canceling every show that i've loved so yeah with me with me it's about to be i'm canceling that for sure (laughs) um yeah they're they're really making me sick but tia i've enjoyed uh reviewing episode five with you we've broken this down completely um i'm glad we we had detailed notes this time because last week i couldn't remember anything to save my life <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i was uh um uh but having the whole time you were like oh tia recall this scene and i'm like i don't remember <laughs> like, i don't know i thought you would remember um but no so um that's what i'll do whenever we review i'll make sure i either have detailed notes or i watch the episode right before we do it because uh, that helped a lot also. But um, we really loved episode five. I think we'd give it two thumbs up. Um, and we can't wait to see what the next three episodes gives us. Yeah, 100%. I definitely can't wait for the next episode of The Boys. Um, please, everyone, make sure that you check us out. We uh, reviewed the previous few episodes of The Boys. We review things all the time so make sure you check that us out geekfivesnation.com which has the links to all of our social media platforms we are now officially on amazon music our podcast so please make sure that you check that out as well um and sorry joan if i stole that from you but yeah (laughs) i'm glad you brought it up i'll just end it with we also have interviews with the cast of the boys yes make sure you guys go check those out um really 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 good interviews done by t and um uh, huge shouts out to both of them make sure you guys go check those out and until next time peace see ya